Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I'm your host, Rashawn McDonald. I recognize that we all have different definitions of success. For some, it's a sizable paycheck. Mine is helping people wake up and inspiring them to accomplish their goals and live their very best life. These are my passions, and that's what I'm going to do for you. I want you to stop tripping over small challenges and prepare to rise above the bigger obstacles that life will and is presenting to you. The Money Making Conversation interviews provide relatable information to the listener about career and financial planning, entrepreneurship, motivation, leadership, overcoming the odds, and how to live a balanced life. My next guest is a professional fisherman, and he is the host right there, professional. See right there, a bunch of amateurs. All, all you amateurs, get close to the close, close. I'm talking to a professional now, and he is the host of a fishing story with Ronnie Green. A fishing story is a series of a series filled with his philosophy to celebrate the small things in life. He shares his passion for fishing and has a gift for finding the stories that aren't often told with his guests each week. The show is available now on CBS Sports Network, Amazon Prime Video, World Fishing Network, and Discovery Go. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, the man who taught me how to fish again, Ronnie Green. <laughs> how you doing, Rashawn? I'm so delighted to be on the show, man. It is awesome to be here. Well, I, I, you know, it, it's really good. Let's, let's the whole concept of fishing. I, I, you know, I come from the inner city and it's Houston, Texas, Fifth Ward. And my dad used to take me cane fishing. Cane, that's what you know, cane pole and had a little cork yes, and sir. drop that bad boy in there and it, and you, you move it a little bit, and once that bad boy, that cork sunk, you know you had a fish, and you pulled it real fast, and you <laughs> threw that bad boy on the bank. I mean, that, I mean that, that's a cane pole fishing right there. That's big time. I did the perch, I did the small small uh, uh, bass, the largemouth bass, and them horrible catfish. Boy, man. <laughs> and you know, you don't know what you don't know until you actually start fishing it with other people, and that's the premise behind our show is that's where I learned my uh prowess in fishing from my great grandmother. What's mm-hmm. interesting about it, Rashonda, is she was a fisherwoman that was at a whole different level. Right. Now I fished with my dad initially and he just wanted to spend time with his boys and he really wasn't a, an incredible fisher and didn't have the passion, right. but she had the passion. But what was interesting is I learned so much about her life and our family history just by spending quality time with her, which nobody wanted to do because they thought fishing was boring. So I'd come back with all these history anecdotes all the time saying, Hey, did you know this about grandpa so-and-so and Paul Paul and da, 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 da. And they were like, where you learn all that? Uh, fishing with Granny, and that's what we call her. <laughs> and so, hence, a fishing story was born with my great grandmother, and she's smiling right now. That, that that's that's really interesting because you know. It was, when I was out there, because you came by my house in Atlanta, and we sat down, we met, mm-hmm. and and uh, and I have a small little pond, lake on my backyard is fully stocked. And you asked me, he said, "How's the fishing?" I said, "Got a lot of nice, lot of great fish out there." But I had never went out there myself because I'm a cane pole guy. I got the re- I got the equipment. You know that I got the equipment. Right? I look like I know yes, what to do. And you said, "Well, just going out there, see what you can do." <laughs> And that's half the battle, you know? Let's go out there and see what you can do, Rashad, with the fishing, with the real and raw. You got these cane pole stories. And and when I went out there, man, the relaxation part of it was amazing. 
You know, because yeah. I just go down there and just sit on my rock and watch the waters, the minnows and the frogs and the little the little bugs hopping around on the water, the little ripple. That calms me. That's why I have that property. It just calms me. But the fact that I was just casting out there, it really took me to a different level of serenity, I like to believe, in my mind emotionally. Talk about that whole experience and why it is so, so, so calming to a fish. Well, the thing is, is most people have never been able to quantify. A lot of physicians and uh, psychologists and therapists try to understand that there's something special about it. As a matter of fact, the Veterans Administration has gone to a level to where they're recognizing it is helpful for veterans with PTSD. Right. And one of the things that I explain to people is, and I don't try to get too deep, but I said, you know, if you think about it, what is our body made up of? A lot of water. Right. So I feel like every time that I, I'm around water, whether it's salt water or fresh water, there's a kindredship to where I came from or what I relate to. So I feel like that there is no data officially, and that's what they're doing is they're doing their extended study about it and actually trying to establish a documented reason. But I feel like based on my life's experience, what I call shoe leather research, which means my feet on the street or my feet in the boat, that is the best uh, uh, data in the world because I feel like that our body is made up of a lot of water. And so when you go and you're actually around salt water or fresh water, there's some type of kindredship. Right. You're close to it. Right. So, so it, it, it's something about it. We still will never probably understand it, even though they do the studies. And you know what, Rashawn, sometimes some things just shouldn't be understood. We just know it has a positive effect on us. And so that's kind of the way I feel about it, because every time I'm having a, a a long week, sometimes my wife will even encourage me. I think right. you need to go fishing. Right, right, right. <laughs> and, well, you know, and, 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 it's, and it's crazy because of the fact and I say crazy in a good way because of the fact that, you know, I'm looking at this water and it, I know it relaxes me. And then I had another gift of being able to equally relax me, relax me and just keep my mind active, you know, because that's relax. Mm. That's what that's what I learned from you when you came out there and you you just you just turned you, you gave me another turn to the process, you know, because, you yes. know, our brains, man, we, it, it just flows. It just flows. It just flows, you know, from bills yes. to controversy to to issues mm -hmm, to mm -hmm. parenting to 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 mobiles and jobs and and so out there yeah. it pushed all that to the to the to the back and all I was worried about was that how far I can get that that hook out in that water you know and getting it back fast enough and so I didn't think about nothing else but that that little one two punch that I was dealing with and boy when I snagged one you saw how big I was smiling when I snagged yes, sir. one yes, sir. And, brought it in and, and, and then returned it to the water you know and let, let, you know, released wow. it back out that was that was like a really 360 for me as far as the, uh, the, the whole process of what you're talking about when it comes to you know the meditation part the, the being in the, an environment mm -hmm. that will calm you and that's what I think that they're saying. It, it pushes back all that noise that can be in your brain. Mm -hmm. And that's that, that's yeah. important. That's important. And you know what, Rashawn, that, that gets to the show as well, because when we do the show on the water, one of the things that people know that when they watch the show, there's something that has never been done on it, this particular uh, type of show, uh, especially in the fishing industry, is there is a release of emotions that occurs. Yes. What I mean by that is we have people that get extremely emotional and there's even a reputation. People give me a hard time about it. I'm not going to cry on your show. 
but it's not something that we script. There's nothing you can script about it, but something about it, you're so relaxed and relieved and all the stresses go away. And then it also purges your soul, so to speak. And at the end of the day, there's that release of emotion that is natural and organic. Hence, you have a organic show where people are telling their life stories on the water and that whole connection thing again. Right. Okay. I'm talking to Ronnie Green. He's just the host of a fishing story with Ronnie Green. I got to ask a question that everybody's probably asking. How does the black man get in the professional fishing game? How does the black man get in the professional fishing game? Because we know it's a white industry. How did you do that? And there's some more anglers as well who are African-Americans. Let's talk about you. Yeah. So uh, how I started, well, I'm a former officer in the United States Marine Corps, Semper Fi. And then also uh, after the Marine Corps, I was also a corporate citizen, what I would consider, you know, I was a sales manager in the medical device business, right. pacemakers, defibrillators, the whole nine yards. So the mm -hmm. clinical aspect, you know, and, and then way prior to that, I was also a former All-American sprinter. So those life experiences mm -hmm. helped me and shaped me. But all along with all those things I've accomplished in life, my great grandmother helped me to learn that always keep this in the back of your pocket. This is your therapy. Right. So I would go through life and always fish and do things. And then after my mother passed away in 2007, my kids were old enough to graduate from high school and did their thing and on to college. I said, now it's my time. Uh, and, and it's my focus about me. At the end of the day, I started fishing some tournaments. And it was also therapeutic for now, me. How do you, how do you get in a tournament now? Would you just, anybody can just fish in a tournament or you just pay a fee? How does that work? Yes, and that's a great question. And what happens is you pay a fee, right. and uh, you you can. So it might be an entry fee of a few thousand dollars, okay. and it might be 180 anglers. What you want to do is hone your skills up before you get to that level. Mm -hmm. So what I did is I actually fished in a tournament. I signed up as a co-angler first. And what that is is the person that's on the boat and you with a stranger but you're not running the boat. You're in someone else's boat, and you're a co-angler competing against other co-anglers. So I was very successful in that. Then I graduated to the front of the boat. Okay, well, let's slow so down. Let's slow down. Let's slow down, Rodney. Right? Because I was yeah. Now, okay, what did to be good at being a co-angler? What did you have to do as far as catching? Or is it size? Is the amount? Is it a time window? What is that? That's a great question as well. So what it is it's is with at uh, eight hour period, you have to catch the largest five fish you can catch. Right. And that's the whole objective. And as a co-angler, you also have to think and be strategic as well, because the person in the front of the boat has first opportunity of a fish that's probably more aggressive to catch that fish. So you're fishing behind them. You're getting the leftover. So you got to have a counter bait that's going to be just as good, but may not be the exact same bait as the primary angler you're fishing with. Oh, okay. And so I was very successful at that. And uh, again, when you go to the stage, you are competing against other co-anglers. And so your weight counts against all the other co-anglers. And uh, I've won a lot of money and a lot of uh, tournaments and uh, uh, doing that and then uh, moved on to the front of the boat. And that is so exciting. And there is only just so you know, uh, in the fishing industry, I can count on my hand four African-American people that are fishing professionally for a living. That's Brian Latimer. Mark Daniels, Ismond Rowe, and then myself, who's also on TV. 
So it is a very <laughs> difficult sport because it, the, the business model was similar to NASCAR. Right. And so what that means is you have to have sponsors. Right. And, and, and on your and show, I saw Mercury, I saw Ranger Boats, and I saw Bass Pro Shops. Absolutely. So Bass Pro Shops is uh, one of the most influential and the most powerful in the industry. And I am fortunate enough to be with Bass Pro Shops. Mercury Marine, incredible engine uh, company here in America that does a great job. And what I love about Mercury is they are one of the most diverse companies that I've ever seen. They are way far ahead than what I've seen most companies. And, and, and I love that about Mercury. And then uh, Gary Yamamoto Custom Baits, um, they are incredible as well. So they've all been supportive and, you know, they've been there with me uh, from day one and, and I can appreciate it. And we wouldn't be able to bring a lot of good content without them. And uh, and so so how does one get a sponsor? I'm just going through some steps here. Just let everybody know, because you're in such a unique field. You're an African-American. We we all know like NASCAR is a white dominated sport. And and so that means I don't know if every environment you go in is a comfortable environment. But just talk about your experience overall in the fishing industry in the beginning and now. So in the beginning, of course, uh, just like anything, when people think you have a TV show, uh, people are just going to pass out sponsorships because you're on TV. Mm -hmm. Wrong answer. That is not the way it works. So what they do is they'll watch you. And quite honestly, it's a high risk. And some of them are still uh, trying to learn uh, uh, to deal with African-Americans because um, a lot of them have never been exposed. I won't say a lot, but quite a few right. have not been exposed to African-American culture. So you have a, what I call a cognitive dissonance of what you see. You see this polished African-American person uh, who is patriotic as well and you're in the Marine Corps, um, but yet and still your belief system based on what you've seen and heard is not recognizing what you see and there is the cognitive dissident. Right. So you're fighting against yourself. So ultimately that leads to sometimes not getting a sponsorship, but the folks that are always progressive in their thinking in the sense of not necessarily affiliated with a political party, but more so just understanding that we all want to sell more product. They will find a way to bring on the best in the business that do what they do. Wow. And hence, that's how I've been able to get an opportunity. Now, Ronnie, I got Amazon Prime, so I can, uh, so I can, I can see you on Amazon Prime. All seasons? Yes, you can. Just, okay, cool. Uh, <laughs> that was the first three seasons, and we've had some more content coming that direction. I probably had three additional uh, uh, episodes or seasons coming uh, within the next, I think, two months. So what, what is, what is the episode? Is it half hour or you have one guest? You have regular people, celebrities, politicians, athletes? Who, who Who's on the boat with you when you're fishing? That's a great question, Rashawn. And we see whoever has an incredible uh, uh, story. Typically, you'll see entertainers, athletes, everyday people alike, veterans, firefighters, politicians, um, and just people like you and I that, you know, want to do some fishing, but they have a great story. We had recently uh, Dr. Hammond. She's a psychologist. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the interesting thing. She's never fished before in her life. We had one of the best fishing days I've had on the show with her and we were fishing with artificial. Why is that important? Because artificial is a very difficult bait to fish with if you've never done artificial. Live bait is easy because that's filet mignon for, to the fish. Right. They can eat that easy. Mm -hmm. 
but to artificial has to mimic something live and you got to make it come alive. She was a fast learner and we caught literally close to a hundred fish trout, uh, on a given day. That's never happened before. It was just fast and furious. But my point is simply this, anyone that has a story, we will find the accommodations for fishing style that actually is caters to the level of fishing ability that they have. Well, guess what? I I think my was at her level when you met me in my backyard. <laughs> took, yeah. me to, took me down to my little lake and said, hey, Rashad, yeah, you know, you, you you got the equipment, but you have no skills. So, so but I, I think that helps when somebody and and just. Women in general are more curious and more patient. Where men, we tend to want to like just burst down the door and I got this, I got this, I got this. So yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know the noisy, being noisy, fish hear you know. Hey man, if you don't shut up, okay, fish can hear vibrations in the water. Oh, what really? Yes, yes, yes. Fishing is a quiet sport. Okay, it's not a football game, not basketball. Just want to let you know, you not you don't holler at the baseball fish, you know. You don't do that fishing, okay? Yeah. You know what I'm talking yes, about. Sir. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why would oh, I get no fish? Well, you funny. keep screaming like that, you won't get any. Just let you know that. <laughs> Ronnie, no, I'm telling the truth. Boy. You know, you are telling it like it is, you know, and I can appreciate that because my dad used to be that way with us. He's like, boy, shut your mouth. Yeah. I can hear you. Yeah, I like, hey, you know. You fish got ears down. Hey, 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 hey. Don't go there, young man. Don't go there. You know, you be out there with well, the fish. What? Be out there with the fish. That's okay. Right. You get That's right. Hope you can swim. Knock you off this boat, you That's say right. one more time. So let, let's talk about let's talk, let's, let's talk about this, Ronnie. The essentials of going out there and fishing. Do you have to have your off mosquito repellent when you go out there? What do you gotta have? What do you gotta have? I, I here's what's so interesting is you have to have some probably not as much mosquito repellent as you think. And okay. I'm in Florida. This is mosquito Mecca, and I oh, think they all on steroids. It's oh, big yeah. mosquitoes. Oh, oh, yes. But what I do is I fish in the daytime. Okay. What my my actual essential is is sunscreen. Yes. I have melanin in my skin. I'm an African-American, right. but sunscreen is so important because you can get some, I've seen some African-American get skin cancer. And wow. I'm like, I don't think that's supposed to happen. Yeah. But what happens is it's all about education. So definitely have the sunscreen. That's the first thing I do mm -hmm. uh, is make sure the sunscreen's on. So mm -hmm. I'm greased up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Then I also make sure that uh, you have the appropriate gear. Right. If you've never fished before, probably want to have a spinning rod and what a spinning rod is it has a bail on it and it has the elongated um eyes that come off the rod and it's a lot easier to learn with a spinning rod than a bait caster bait caster gets you in trouble if you've never thrown it before but a spinning rod is so important and a lot of people still fish with it even though they may how to may know how to throw right. a bait caster so it's it's a good place to start and then I like to have some good fishing line. I like to throw fluorocarbon mm -hmm. versus monofilament. Right. And what's the difference? Monofilament is a little bit more stretchy and it can be seen, but the fluorocarbon, it reflects the light, reflects the light so you can't see it underwater. Why is that important? Because the fish can't see it as well. In mm. addition, it does not have stretch. So if it doesn't have stretch, once you get a bite, when you pull on that thing, you're pulling the fish. Mono has a little stretch. So those are all little important things, and people have little 
uh, idiosyncrasies that they use uh, with fishing. And then some people even have superstitions. Some people don't believe in having bananas in a boat. I'm sorry. I'm going to eat whenever I'm hungry and I'm going to eat whatever <laughs> I want to eat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> so, you know, there is all sorts of superstitions with fishing, but then there's also a lot of information about fishing that people didn't know that I didn't learn. I didn't learn about George Snyder until probably about seven or eight years ago. He was a person that created the first reel made in America in 1820. In mm-hmm. He was African-American. And he mm. created the first reel. Nobody knew that. People ask questions like, man, I'm so glad to see African-Americans fishing. Stop right there. African-Americans <laughs> were some of the first to fish. Right. Always. But, then, but addition, isn't, that, isn't, that the, a, isn't that the problem we have right now? With that our history, they always talk about counseling culture. The, well, the black culture has always been canceled. And, wow, that is a good point. You know, because of the fact that, because mm-hmm. we're about to transition to, into your two-part series, the difficult dis- discussion, because of the fact that when I look at uh, our president, you know, quick to sign uh, executive orders to protect the Confederate statues, okay, and then turn around and say that Black Lives Matter is a hate group, and and not understanding the, 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 the accomplishments we had. That's why when Drew Brees said his father's fought in the war and his grandfather's fought in the war, because in his mind, he's never been educated that black people fought in anything. Absolutely. Because My, the history is not mm-hmm. there. You know, the history doesn't write us in like that. They're not, you know, we, 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 they brought us over. They freed us. Okay, then it moved up to to uh, the the uh, I have a dream speech. Then it moved up to the civil rights, and after that, brother, you know we didn't do anything else but uh, stay on welfare, sell crack, and, uh, and and raise the crime rate according to the population that wants to push that narrative. And so when I hear you talk about 1820 and a black man created the the first really fishing rod, I'm not stunned. Because as you all know, black people, we're creative because basically we're out there doing the work anyway. So if you're doing the work, you're going to figure out how to do it faster and easier and more convenient. That's why we created the cotton gin. Okay. Now, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. you put together this uh, this two part series called the uh, difficult discussion. I I saw both episodes. uh, It was three black men, two white men. Tell us how you selected the five and tell us how the whole scenario, the whole scenario started, because it really was cool the way you did it, because you still kept the fishing aspect into the episode wrapped around this conversation, which I really enjoyed. I, I didn't I didn't know what to expect. But when I got there, I went, oh, this is this is not, I wouldn't say the word nice, but it was enjoyable because I wasn't dis- well, I, I wasn't it. taken out of the whole reason why watch the show, but I was able to hear honest conversation from men having a difficult conversations. Because even though the conversation flowed the way it flowed, some statements were held back a little bit, but a lot of honesty mm-hmm. was at least transmitted. Talk to us about it right quick, Ronnie. Yeah, so what we did is we took uh, some folks that have been on my show already. Everyone that was in the panel, uh, because I fished with them before, um, we had them on the show and I've called several uh, other folks and not everybody was comfortable. So I was OK with that. So I took the folks that were available and uh, we had some folks even fly in just to be a part of it, because when a lot has gone on in our country over the last few months, uh, there's been a lot of conversation and uh, talking to friends and family and then talking to even the guys that were on the show before we even got on the show. And there was a lot of different dialogue and, and conversation about it. I said, well, why don't we bring it to a place? 
I said, where it's my lane. And mm-hmm. what I mean by my lane, I'm not going to try to walk into a surgeon's office and try to become a surgeon just right. because I want to. I'm not going to try to be a politician because I feel like I'm a politician, but I want to talk about honest issues from the platform that I have. And so we brought everybody on and we talked about the difficult discussions uh, with the show. It started off being just one show, but after all the content was done and CBS Sports agreed, we need to have two shows, right. two episodes. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we got into some deep areas, Colin Kaepernick. We got into, you know, uh, uh, all of the folks being killed, you know, in the streets mm-hmm. by police. Uh, and then we talked about a little bit of everything. But at the end of the day, we actually established the ground rules. And there was a ground rules that I established uh, just based on my interaction with folks and me and my wife sit down and talk about it is belief system because that's where everything starts. And so we defined what a belief system is. And then we actually built on belief system by moving to narrative because right. a narrative is an account of what you see sometimes infused with the belief system, which we all agree the belief system comes from our parents right. or parent figures. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, we talked about all those issues and always being able, being able to refer back to belief system and narrative. So just because you see a certain thing doesn't mean that it's exactly what you see, but it's easy to ride the train when you feel like your emotions are stirred. Case in point is Colin Kaepernick. Right. Not talking about the, the, the important fi- factor in it is he sat down on his, uh, on his bottom, you know, uh, at, at first and then, uh, talked to and consulted Sergeant Boyer, who was a long snapper on the San Francisco 49ers. And he said, I agree with what you're doing, but it might be a little bit more respectful. You can do whatever you want, but I would recommend you take a knee. He said, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to take a knee and because he wanted to take a peaceful stance. But the message, the narrative was missed because he was doing it to actually bring attention to what we are dealing with right now, which is... African-American people are being assassinated in the streets by people of authority that are paid to protect and serve. So that was the issue. But the narrative was flipped. And I talked about historically, and we couldn't put everything into the episode. Uh, We had to depend on the editor, and I had to be a part of that process as well. But we had to put what we could get in. At the end of the day, historically, if you look at Muhammad Ali, if you look at the folks in 1968 uh, Olympics, if you look at any entertainer, yeah, John or anyone, Carlos and Tommy Smith. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. It takes a stand uh, about something civil that is unrest that has to do with us. The narrative can be flipped because it's so easy to flip a narrative because you want to stop the momentum. The momentum is what you want to stop. Mm-hmm. So what you do is find a way to give a counter narrative. And I talked about even uh, Martin Luther King. There was always a counter narrative with him, but we celebrate him as a hero, American hero. We have a holiday dedicated to it, but it was so many more in our country that look like me. But again, narratives. So, uh, it's interesting. No matter what we do, in some instances, sometimes the narrative can be flipped. And it's because there is always a countercurrent trying to say, hey, we don't want to give that credit because we don't want to give the ability for someone to actually change their belief system. Because if you change the belief system, then people believe that there's other people that did some other things in this country. There you go. We don't want that. That's the, that's the key right there. Giving credit. 
giving a recognition, you know, acknowledging that we did not share properly the history of African-Americans in our school books. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what we're talking mm-hmm. about. We're, you know, when you when you walk around here and you're saluting uh, statues that are of the Confederacy and and then you hear the word traitor thrown out there a lot. They were traitors. They they fought against the, the, mm-hmm. the, the against the, exactly. they tried to they, they to divide this country. But we're saluting them as mm-hmm. heroes. But we don't salute our accomplishments throughout the community. You know, and so what That's we right. what we try to do. And so so when I was looking at the 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 two-parter you know was, i thought it was informative it was humorous you know the little, what the little chubby guy name he was funny man he was funny he, he, oh, he knew how to James he, Watson. he knew how to spend a good, com- <laughs> a good conversation away and i and i love what the conversation about you can disagree with african-american but you but are you are you're not a racist and that's that's what the conversation mm-hmm. we're trying to get to is they talk to me don't assume just talk to me just talk just talk mm-hmm. and that's what I, that was my big takeaway from watching your show was like just talk to me and I, and I get you there, mm-hmm. but but if you just assume something about me, then that, that's that's where we all turn the wrong corner. When you when you lock your doors and I walk by, you know, when you when you nervously walk past me, or when a cop, the, a white person will never understand. And I gotta say it like this: that it is different when a a cop stops a white person and a and a, an emotion that they feel when a cop stops a black person. Way you different would, emotions, uh, well, brother. I, Way different. Brother. Yes. Sir, because I said this and I talked about it in in the very first episode. That was your first story about my experience. Yeah, yeah. You're the white about passenger, and they took you out. You know what I'm saying? And brought you to the rack, yeah. and the white passenger was like, "What's going on?" Hey, hey, hey. And, and yeah, that's exactly. that's really that's really where we at in our lives right now, man. And to see that, uh, first of all, you know, the, for you to do that for your show. Because you're going to reach a totally different audience. Audience, are very, very, you know, fishermen. We're not saying they they pretty conservative. They kind of rural minded individuals who needed yep, to see that conversation. Absolutely. Also, from some people who are courageous enough that were white to sit down and have this conversation. Because that's how we're going to win, man. That's the, that's, that's, that's how the right. flag comes down at NASCAR, man. That's how we're going to remove some of these statues. These we want to remove them all. These Confederate statues and walk around and realize that I have value. And that's all you told me in your show, man. Ronnie, I want to thank you for doing that, man, for you know, realizing what, what motivates you to do that about your show, to do that, bring that to your show. Well, well, I think a lot of my motivation is, again, I always believe that with everything going on, make no mistakes about it. I have emotion like anybody else and I get upset and I, but I always feel like you got to stay in your lane. So use your platform. So my wife is a physician and where she does what she does is at work as a physician. And she can do what she does in, at her platform. But I felt like I, I was not granted and gifted this platform just to sit on it and feel comfortable. That's a problem. You cannot always feel comfortable. You got to get uncomfortable to make change. Mm-hmm. And that's the history of America is you got to do something that makes you uncomfortable. And that causes growth, not just for you, but everybody around you. So I felt like I'm going to do it as fair and, and, and as possible by having a dialogue. And again, people are going to see it because a lot of folks have never been exposed to it. So at the end of the day, now they see a model here. We, now we got a best practice. So when people see a model, they may be able to replicate that behavior in a different environment. Cool. Ronnie, well, thank you for, uh, I can see this episode on Amazon Prime right now, Amazon Prime video. Uh, it will be coming. And as a matter of fact, we have, and, and you'll hear it first yes, on your show, is we're going to have an actual airing 
on 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 uh, YouTube as well, especially sharing of both episodes, because we really want people to see this because many people don't have cable nowadays. Absolutely. I want to thank you, my friend, Ronnie Green. Got to come back to Atlanta, man. And, uh, you know, take me back out there and fish some more or, or just come out and eat dinner, man. You know, you came by my house to fix your breakfast. Remember, I had laid it out for you. Man. Laid it out for you. Yes, sir. <laughs> and I'm still slapping people to this day because it was so good. I appreciate good you, Ronnie. I didn't know you do it like that. I can do it like that, yeah. my friend. And thank you for coming on Money Making Conversations, Ronnie Green. Thank you, sir. All right. I appreciate you want to hear more episodes of Money Making Conversations, please go to moneymakingconversation.com. I'm Rashawn McDonald. I'm your host.